welcome to Haunted You, coming to you from the Chamber of Hunter Studios. And I'm John Chubb. I'm Keone Hutton. And I'm Leslie Reed. And that other voice you heard... Was our guest star. Was our guest host. <laughs> but only really for just that moment, because he is absolutely terrible at working on Q. This is true. He does provide a lot of content, though. He provides way too much content, but unfortunately, very little of it is helpful. And frankly, I just don't have enough time to edit everything that we would need to make it work. So welcome, Ezra, to the show. But uh, go off with your mommy now because we don't have time to edit out all of your comments. As as valuable and, and delightful as they are. Some of them are pretty profanity-laced. So I you have to be careful. I mean, if you're his father... That's mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine it had turning out any other way. Like I, I would be disappointed. Indeed. <laughs> Fair Indeed. Enough. Oh, but welcome to Haunting You. This has been one <laughs> hell of a month and <laughs> And now there's a kitty. <laughs> and that completely derailed me. <laughs> I didn't even see the cat. I was more, you just were chastising Ezra for swearing, and then you just dropped an F-bomb. <laughs> Whatever. No, not even just an F-bomb. He just said, <laughs> hell of a month. I, I 100% hell. There was no ing. No thank you. There was no ing. Sorry, we're not inging. We're not inging. Hell of a month. That's right. It was a hell of a month. And now I have to bleep out the word <laughs> hell like 12 times because we just said it like should we be times. talking like that in front of nala probably oh she's probably. fine oh god how am i gonna edit all of this i'm supposed to release <laughs> I mean, it a day a and a half <laughs> i mean that was a lot and yeah I, i'm sorry i like oh jeez yeah, Ugh. so as if you cannot tell, yeah. we are slightly off of our game this month because <laughs> it has been a f- hell of a month. Just, You're just mm-hmm. giving yourself more work. <laughs> I know, but I want the listeners to truly understand where we're coming from because... <laughs> but anyway, we are past it now. We are on the rebound. We are recovering, something like that. Leslie's giving me ish. a look. She's like, ish. <laughs> <laughs> but we're getting there. Thank God we have each other and this wonderful opportunity to get together and bullshit and have some fun and recover mentally and emotionally from uh, everything that's been going on for the last month. But that means we are like way behind on what we had been wanting to talk about. We finally today can talk about all this cool stuff we did at Hong Kong and provide some cool resources for you, I hope. And maybe we'll even throw in some shenanigans. I'm, let's see how the day goes. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> I'm Mr. Excellent. I'm, cha- I'm changing my absolutely to excellent. So that happens five times a show. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I know. I'm going to have to like create a new drop for your... <laughs> Just excellent. For your excellent. <laughs> oh, you need to put the... Oh, I meant to tell you, you put the guitar after excellence. Yes. That was perfect. Did you like it? <laughs> I'm going to have to throw it in here, too, because every time you say it. Please do. I will. I will. But yeah, so welcome to Haunting You. We are talking Hong Kong today, so let's just dive right in and, and see what we can do. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Oh. sorry. Oh, thank you, John. Mm, sorry. So Hong Kong was virtual this year, which was actually nice because we got to we got in free. Yes. Free is a favorite of ours. 
we're really glad that Hong Kong decided to go virtual this year uh, because it gave us an opportunity to attend. We got to attend a whole bunch of free classes, and I really liked the format that they used for uh, for the event. They used a uh, a web platform. I'm not sure if this is like who the company is or anything else like that, but uh, matchmaking.grip.events. And it was the coolest networking platform for a virtual Ooh. event. We could... Well, you said it right there. It's a networking platform. That's yes. the whole... Yes. That, that's what they right. used. They didn't just try and set it up as a, you know, come here and here's some links. No, you could actually connect with people. You could browse through, like, the entirety of all the attendees, see who they are, read their bio, um, and then you could do a virtual handshake with them. If they shook your hand back, then you could chat virtually. You could set up individual meetings with as many people as you wanted. So they had all of these uh, virtual meeting rooms where you could get a bunch of people together and, and talk about stuff, or you could just chat via, like, instant messenger type um, mm-hmm. type chat. All of this on top of the classes that they were offering and the classes were all recorded. So you could view them really anytime they had some that were live and then you could watch them recorded after, but vast, but a lot of the classes were recorded ahead of time and uploaded. So you could watch them whenever you wanted. So I really use that as an opportunity to network the crap out of myself. Mark, uh, no. do you network the crap out of yourself? Forget I said that. I used that opportunity to network. This is a family show. To network like crap. Nope. Not saying that either. That was terrible. Nope. nope. <laughs> we used the opportunity to do an extensive <laughs> amount of networking in uh, since the classes and all the exhibitors had recorded shows. And even if they uh, weren't pre-recorded, everything was recorded and posted afterwards. So you could use the time during the show for networking. And then later on, we could go back through and review the exhibitions and the class lists that we were interested in. Yes, exactly. So I want to talk first about a... You you mentioned something about, you know, the domain being matchmaking, and it took me a minute just for the, you know, it's setting people up with the meetings and whatnot. They have farmersonly.com for dating. Do we want to start one that's... For haunters, dating websites for haunters. I am not moderating that. <laughs> <laughs> hold, that okay. hold that thought for just a moment. No, please don't tell me you're looking. You have to see if there's a dating website designed for haunters. Somebody, somebody posted about this in Haunters Hangout. Give me a second. Of course they did. Joking. Because Haunters <sighs> Hangout has everything. Everything. <sighs> Hauntersonly.com. If not, we could invent it. And I'd say we could make a fortune, but that means we'd probably make like $80. Hey, right now, that could be a fortune. <laughs> this is true. And if we're making $80 a month, I claim half of that for my coffee intake. You can have the rest, John. I'm pretty sure I, well, I'd well, i use it for coffee. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so apparently there one does not exist presently. However, there was a <laughs> extensive conversation about this topic in Haunter's Hangout, and James Scott posted some possible names. Meat grinder. Oh God! That oh God. Tender souls. I like that one better. Ashley slash Ashy slashy Madison. Sure, God. Villain that mingle. One? What was that one? Villain, Villain mingle. Mingle. Okay. Okay. Chiller and chill dot com. Okay. We wear black and nothing else dot com. <laughs> Alright, that, that one's not bad. Freddy Cougar's next door dot com. Of course. 
And 18 in single slash machete at F13.com. I don't know what that one means, but... Yeah, so uh, apparently there is a lot of interest in the haunt community to have on Haunter's dating sites. If that sounds like something you would like to moderate, uh, let me know and we can hook you up with the right people to talk to. It was just a joke. <laughs> Can't John, joke about things like that. Jokes. I know. I can't believe they put that much thought into it. All right, anyway. Oh, indeed, indeed. But anyway, so we want to talk about some of the classes uh, we got to attend and what our major takeaways were. And there, we will have links to all of these classes in the uh, in the show notes. So if you want to dive in deeper to it and uh, and hear from the horse's mouth, as they say, uh, definitely check out those links. And uh, and all of these classes are available via YouTube. So you want to start, Les? Because I've been talking a lot. Yeah, so I I still have some more classes that I want to review, but um, I have looked at a handful of them, mainly in regards to makeup and masks, since that's kind of my more of my wheelhouse at the moment. So one of them was mask hysteria and how to seamlessly yeah. incorporate masks into costumes. A lot of really really good ideas here, and just kind of long-standing discussion of what type of masks are we we talking about, you know. Do full-scale masks actually work in terms of medical? And obviously the answer to that is no. But working in your your regular medical face masks that everybody's been wearing into your costumes. Um, and we've also, we, we've had this discussion quite extensively with Spencer Terry and what his team has had to do. So a really, really good kind of class, uh, relatively short, but again, a lot of information in there uh, to to go through. So a lot of the a lot of the videos that I've I've seen so far in the classes that I've attended are less classes and more product demos. Again, I'm you know as, as I'm sure for those of you who've listened for quite quite a long time. Well, when I do our makeup, I'm still using what is technically beauty makeup. I have not yet gone and done the investment into professional FX makeup. So for me, this and probably most of the cons that we go to this year. I'm going to be looking at products and more demos to get ideas and to know kind of what I'm looking at. So another one was uh, Wolf, F- Wolf FX and Dental Distortions. So this is one that they do professional stage makeup and dental distortions. So anything that you stick in your mouth to make your teeth look funny. Um, and <laughs> And I've, I've, I've found their video pretty straightforward, and again, just kind of introducing a bunch of their products. One of the nice things about what they offer is they offer for everything from you're just getting started and you want to do some nicer makeup for your kids, all the way up to they deliver on-demand product requests to Hollywood and to TV shows and TV series and movies. Uh, the other nice thing that they have, which I think is, again, becoming more and more standard, is instead of just getting, you know, your, you showed up at Target and you picked your three colors to make your Dracula, and there was a sort of vague image on the back as to how to do that, more and more places are putting together more in-depth booklets on how to use the materials, um, how to mix, and kind of step-by-step instructions to create particular looks. So definitely something that I'm going to be wanting to look further into in, in terms of what they have available and ultimately what the, the variable cost is going to be. That sounds awesome. And if we find any references like that that we can pass along to our listeners, you will definitely be able to find that on our website at hauntingyou.com. 
in the Haunter's Ghoul box. So be sure to check that I'm, out. I'm also, I'm really excited for the, the, the dental distortions because I'm starting to think of, you know, with, with, with our, with our haunt, I went to play with somebody's teeth. Just not mine. <laughs> mine have enough teeth. Mine have been messed with enough over the years. Fair enough. <laughs> so I have a confession. I, to make a, a really quick, I, I went to put my, my cup away and sit down and I, took my headphones out for just a second and uh, I put them back in and the first thing that was said was Leslie saying I want to play with someone's teeth <laughs> so yeah, that I missed sounds, them that sounds about right is there any context there or nope. yeah, I'm okay. not going to give you All any right. context you get to hear the context when the episode gets published like everyone else I mean it's a pretty straightforward sense of context so you know just use your imagination I do not want to use my imagination with you playing people's teeth. I am, and it's not teeth. good. It's Leslie walking up to strangers and, like, prying over their, their mouths and trying to tick, tickle their teeth. So I don't, I don't know. I, I have this image of, like, Leslie with a couple of loose a couple of teeth that have fallen out and playing with them the way my kids play with dinosaurs. Like, <laughs> I can see that. That that's on, like one that's of my nightmares, on reoccurring nightmares with teeth falling out. That'd be really entertaining. Ooh. Uh, what? 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 I see what? the light bulb. What? what? What just hit? Is it a tooth? It's a tooth hunt. It's a tooth hunt. No. A dentist hunt. No. No, nope, that would be fucking terrifying. That actually might be pretty cool. Very. Hmm. Wait. One of our patients needs to think that they're a tooth fairy. Interesting. Flush hmm. that idea out some more. I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah. There's, there hmm. better be bloody pliers involved. Nothing says tooth fairy like bloody pliers. <laughs> Have you seen Tenth Kingdom? <laughs> Actually, no. But now I'm going to. It's a really good movie. It's Fair a made-for-TV that's like it's like eight hours long, but it's really oh, good. All right then. Moving on. Uh, so, first class that I got into was the Ghost of Halloween Past, Present, and Yet to Come, and the name really caught my eye because we're talking about doing like a Charles Dickens uh, themed haunt come Christmas time. And so I was intrigued. And when I got into it, so, so it was a, it was a panel discussion. It was moderated by uh, Mr. David Markland, who's the executive director of Midsummer Scream, another haunt convention out in, um, in California. And their panelists first off was Lisa Morton. She is a writer and Halloween scholar, Apparently, they, her words, yes, Halloween scholars are a thing. Mm-hmm. But she uh, has done extensive research into, like, the history of Halloween. Uh, she's written a couple of books, and they're both on my read list. Uh, first is Trick or Treat, A History of Halloween. I've already ordered it from Amazon. It's on its way. I'm very excited. And then the other is the Halloween Encyclopedia. <laughs> it's $75, and I'm not willing to commit to that yet. That's fair. We'll see the first book and go from there. Uh, but, I mean, I'm definitely intrigued by... Uh, listening to what she had to say and then they had ted doherty uh he's a writer and director he's worked at not scary farm and queen mary's dark harbor queen mary's i want to go to queen mary's dark harbor like i did a haunted ship i want to see how they do their haunted ship i think that'd yeah. be all kinds of fun where is it queen mary i have no idea john or you want to look that up real quick sure because that sounds like a lot of fun that sounds like a lot of fun right and the third panelist was Michelle Halloween. She's the editor of Roll of the Dead magazine. Uh, Roll of the Dead is like a horror photography studio. Check out their website. A lot of really cool pictures on there. <clears throat> but anyway, so they were talking about uh, like 
the whole history of Halloween, how it became, how it grew in the United States. And it was just absolutely fascinating. And I think it would it could potentially give a lot of good backstory for a haunt if they wanted to go like that sort of theme. But what really stuck with me is is when they look to the future. Everybody knows that 2020 was uh, turned out to be a fairly significant year for the haunt industry. There were uh, there was a lot of interest, a lot of people, uh, a lot more people were stuck at home, so they're like building big home haunts. It ended up being a pretty awesome Halloween for much of the industry, even if you weren't able to open. But they compared Long Beach, California. Long Beach, thank you, John. Sorry, I was trying to throw that in. Yeah, but so they compared like Halloween 2020 to Halloween 2001. Right after 9-11, there was a lot of debate mm. about whether people would even be willing to celebrate or anything like that because whether of it was appropriate whether it was to, appropriate right, to right. celebrate death and you know everything that Halloween yeah, is. Everything that is horror and, and sure. all of the trauma that – yeah, and, no, it, it was a big – I remember, I mean, even being young. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We'll put it there. But what, uh, I, I remember there being a lot of discussions about the appropriateness of it, the even even just the safety. Yes, there was a lot of yes. discussions about whether or not it was even going to be safe to celebrate and to hold events. Exactly. So a lot yeah, of the very similar conversations to what we were having in 2020. I know, right? But wow, I feel old now. Yes, but. It's a very – what they saw in 2001 was that Halloween 2001 ended up being enormous, and Halloween 2020 ended up being enormous. And my th- takeaway from that is, one, people are looking for They're looking a way, for a release. They're looking for a release, exactly, and particularly in 2020 because everyone had been trapped in, at home in quarantine and all that. Halloween gave them an opportunity to celebrate something. <laughs> which was well, in short supply. Which was, Exactly, which was in short supply. And it, it's like a reason to live again. So despite all of this death and destruction and, and whatever, Halloween what is and was a opportunity to celebrate life. Very, very interested, just from a, the historian and the, the anthropologist, social anthropologist side of me, to see how, you know, our, our Halloween in America is really in a lot of ways a conglomeration and amalgamation of celebrations from a number of different historical trends, cultures, etc. I'd be curious to see what the trend is, maybe not so much in 2020, but in 2021 now with the vaccine of... Um, cultures that celebrate Dia de los Muertos mm-hmm. and what changes that is since it's as much the celebration of their life and the remembrance of uh, everybody who has passed on. I just the, 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 the me being me, I'd be very, very interesting to see how celebrations of Dia de los Muertos in countries where that is a primary celebration as opposed to in America where it's a swiped, history and how that changes and if it changes and and what that ultimately means to um, those cultures and those communities yeah 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 but i think this would be a absolutely fascinating podcast episode all by itself we should all read the book and then we could chat about it yes and if you were here it'd be much easier to share it or you could just get it on kindle yeah just had to join the coast guard you keep saying that 
<laughs> He's gonna say that even after you're out. Yeah. I think I can I can make that agreement. I'll stop when you're out. <laughs> fair no, enough. No, you won't. But not uh, before that. Fair enough. Oh, anyway, next class I went to was led by a man named Kyle Porter. He works for Atypical Tours, which is a and he's a ghost tour guide in New York City. Nice. And his chat, his talk was how local history and legends will enhance your haunt, and. Oh my gosh, I had so much fun listening to his talk. I've got that one queued up to watch this weekend. Highly recommend it, especially like right now. But if you're working on story, you're working on trying to figure out what you're going to do for 21, this go listen to Kyle Porter because I apologize, Kyle Potter. I have terrible handwriting. <laughs> uh, but go listen to Kyle Potter because I was getting some good ideas from it. But anyway, he, he broke his talk down into three major points how to find stories how to build your narrative from the stories and then pitfalls to avoid. And he spent a lot of time talking about how to bring local stuff into your decor. So like he was running a haunted, there was a classroom scene in his haunt and he managed to get hold of like vintage signs be a star from nice. from classrooms and stuff. And mm-hmm. when people came through, they cool. recognized it. They saw it, and it had an emotional response for them. Great way to drag in other, like, it's a great way to drag in that emotional response. And I can't imagine any way to make something more personal to your patrons than doing something like that. And he emphasized, like, get out and talk to people, look to your adjacent areas. But one of the best places that he's found to get some inspiration is local historical societies. Just digging through old pictures could give all kinds of ideas. And, like, one of the examples he gave was the Rat Pit in New York bars. So Depression-era bars down underneath, Mm -hmm. they would have, rather than like dogfighting, they would have these big pits full of rats, and people would place bets on how many rats (laughs) would get killed by a dog in a set period of time. Yep. there's that. That's actually in um, Robert Downey Jr. version of... No. What movie is that in? It's not Sherlock. There's another movie that has that. Considering the number of movies that you have not yet seen, it amazes me that you're able to just pick out like, oh, I've seen that in a movie somewhere. Like, you have very eclectic tastes. <laughs> it's, um, oh, no, sorry, it's Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, that's a good movie, too. No. No, is it? I don't think so. Was there a no, second it's one? not. Like, I don't remember that, and I enjoyed that movie. No, it's, it's a... Anyway, Lizzie will continue trying to figure that out. But I, can I will figure it out. It might be in Penny Dreadful. Fair enough. That would make sense. Oh, yeah, but uh, then he talked about how to build your narrative from those stories. So going back to the rat example, or the rat pit example, he's like, well, you have a rat pit. What does what happens in the rat pit? Rats get killed. Oh, rat ghosts. Okay, what would a rat ghost do? Well, they may be scurrying around and, like, jump running on people in the bar and all these things. And as he's continuing digging through the history of, the, of this local town, uh, he's like, oh, look, this bar got shut down a few years ago because of a rat problem. Ta-da! Now we have a backstory that we can work off of. <laughs> nice. He did mention a couple of pitfalls to avoid. Number one, don't use things that are too awful. Like, don't use actual historical events that are too awful or too recent because you will face an enormous backlash from the community and 
even though you know some people say any publicity is good publicity that's not the kind of publicity you want because that will shut your hunt down before you can um, really do much so yeah be cautious using things that are exceptionally awful or exceptionally that's um, true. Recent. Well, um, a even the if they're not exceptionally awful by relative standards, but they are within the community, <laughs> within the community, yeah. or highly sensitive topics in this and a, day and age, where yeah. these things are being brought back up as part of a national reckoning of racism, mis- or racism and abuse, and you know just us taking our history and reevaluating things that we have taken for granted or taken as acceptable or, Oh, well, it just happened. What the hell? Um, you know, it, it's definitely worth it. You know, especially if you're going to local historical societies to get ideas, take the time to talk to the people who are running these organizations because one, they will be so excited that somebody is a fair <laughs> and be curious. But they are also the best people to help you avoid walking yourself into some of these pitfalls. Like you think you have a great idea about, you know, this event or, or something that happened. Definitely take the time to speak to them because it could very well be a case of, you know what, this really isn't the time to be doing the you know, this isn't this is not the idea to have and take away from this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They'll be able to give you guidance. And trust me, as a historian, as, as somebody who knows a lot of people who works at these small local historical uh, organizations, they are absolutely qualified and they will be more than happy to help you and to give you ideas and to guide you and direct you in a way that's going to benefit what you're doing while preventing you and helping to prevent you from walking into a social media minefield uh, of a disaster from uh, from a PR perspective. Well said. Well said. Really quick. Sure. The rat pit. Was it killing them softly? No. Interview with the vampire. No. Mister, these are Brad Pitt movies. I take it back. Ocean's Eleven. Well, it it, I, oh. it took rat. <laughs> I typed movies. in rat pit movies, but it went Brad Pitt movies. So never, you know, <laughs> withdrawn. I was gonna say it could have been Ad Astra Snatch. Uh, yeah, the Big Short. Yeah, so never mind. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Well, let's You're see welcome. here. Gangs of New York has it. I'm pretty sure it's Penny Dreadful. Yep. Yeah, Penny Dreadful. It's Penny Dreadful. It's yeah, it's it's Penny Dreadful. Um, but I guess also uh, Gangs of New York has a has a scene of it, scene in right. it as well. If you need some inspiration for your rat pit, go check out Gangs of New York or Penny Dreadful. <laughs> Honestly, if you need inspiration for anything, check out Penny Dreadful. There's so much. <laughs> ah, fair we, enough. I think before either of those, why do you have a rat pit? That's for your haunt. Discuss. For your haunt. This is a haunting podcast. Still. The way you said that was like a casual <laughs> nature, like fair. For your Be nice fair. to rats because otherwise I will hurt you because I like rats. You like the ones that are fuzzy and cook. Well, no, I like regular rats too, even if they aren't cooking fuzzy cooking rats who get fancy with the spices. Hmm. Right. Uh, so <laughs> cool. Disney's Ratatouille on Disney Plus. Right. <laughs> Hunting you is not endorsed by Disney. Uh, I wish we were. God, I wish That'd we were. That'd be sweet. <laughs> Disney, if you're if you're listening, we're we're, we're, we're open. open. To, we're open. 
We're open for negotiation. We're, we are very, very open. We're we're willing to compromise on our beliefs for money. I was gonna say, I, <laughs> if you don't, even if they don't pay us, if I could get into like Skywalker Ranch, I'll take that. Dude, raise your standards. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't like. I was gonna say, wait a minute, what are you saying? <laughs> I'm not you saying say? I wouldn't do it for that. I'm just, we, we, I think we could get more. Anyway, uh, the absolute coolest video I got to watch was only ten minutes long, and that was all that he needed to absolutely blow my mind. I've already started working on this for this year. We are incorporating it into Sanguine Creek Estates. I'm so excited. I've already shared this video on our Facebook because I actually saw it on Facebook before I saw it at Hong Kong. Timothy Riggs, the owner of Dead City FX uh, and the Dead City Haunt that goes along with it, made these absolutely phenomenal puppets to do socially distant scare. So they added a ton of catwalks to their haunt space so that they could have actors up above everything and then built these puppets that they put on like a probably a 10 foot long J hook. So 10 feet long, but this big J hook on the end. And then they hung a puppet on it. These hooks were suspended from the ceiling. And so the actors could grab, they could have an actor on a catwalk who would have access to five or six different puppets. And they could do a scare from 10 feet above the scare floor. And they could do control six different scares all from that same location. It's taking advantage of hub haunting. It was socially distanced and the way that these things were moving blew my mind. Like one of the greatest ways to get scares is to incorporate movement that the patrons are not expecting. And these puppets move in the most unexpected ways. And I freaking love them. So I've already started building these puppets. We are going to incorporate it into Sangam Creek Estates. And I'm really excited. <laughs> if you need <laughs> more... <laughs> If you need more ideas on puppetry, John Cerchaglia. Sorry. Disney Plus now has all four seasons of the original Muppet Show. Fair point. Uh, one of my favorite puppeteers in the world. His name is John Tartaglia. He is a Broadway professional <laughs> puppeteer. Starred in Avenue Q. Don't say Avenue Q. And then went on to do Shrek. And in Shrek, not only did he play the most famous puppet in history, Pinocchio. I'm good! I'm good! Get used to it! But he also puppeteered the dragon. He puppeteered the magic mirror. And the, that was really cool because that was uh, all motion capture. So as oh. soon as he was done with being Pinocchio in the, his first scene, he would run upstairs, put all these dots on his face. Mo-cap and be it. ready to do live motion capture animation. I'm still trying to find a way that I can incorporate that into my haunt. Uh, we need some heavy-duty computer tech to do I don't think we do. I think we could do it for Really? Cheap. Yes. I'll get back to you on that. Anyway. So anyway, Puppets for Profits, Timothy Riggs. That 10-minute video f***ing blew my mind. I'm saying f*** a lot today. <laughs> how far away are well, your children thinking, and how many words are your children learning they're today? all downstairs and my door is mostly closed <laughs> anyway continue um, the place for puppets and profanity <laughs> you have the alliteration too so I think it works well that was amazing John thank you oh, well Ooh. done this is uh, not the same without you yeah so <laughs> go check that video out uh, because 
this is a super easy, super cheap thing that any home haunter can do, and I think is going to add a lot to our haunt. It could add a lot to yours, too. I think this is a good time to take a break, so let's take a moment here from our sponsors, and we will be right back. <laughs> I, I do have a couple. I do have a couple. Let me, let me find them here. Um, Anna, well, get away. Let's see here. Blah, blah, blah. All right. So I have three. All of them are, are relatively short. The first one is, is just, just easy. Just in general in life, you can think back to like the best one you've had. But would you rather have... Just the best possible pizza you could ever have or the best possible hamburger? Dude. See, this is, this is easy for me. This, this is easy. You go with really? The go with the hamburger. How many? Because I thought, well, I'm thinking of my experience. Yeah. How, I, I would definitely been, go with best possible hamburger because. How many times do you have a really? hamburger? Like if you go to someplace and you have like a great hamburger and you think about it, you're like, oh, my God, this is this is amazing. I don't think I've had that same thought to too many pizzas. Well, maybe the Taos at Old Chicago might be. Well, see, mine is actually the opposite of that. Is I go and it's like, okay, this is a decent hamburger, uh-huh. and it's not bad. But you know, pizza, there's always something good about pizza. Like it's rarely a case of you know, oh, it's like, yeah. right. And, and I guess the other thing is like, I'm even okay with pizza. mediocre. Yeah, even bad pizzas still it's pizza. Still like I'm okay with pizza. mediocre pizza. But a mediocre hamburger is just so right. disappointing. So I would have to say definitely I'd go for the best hamburger ever. You could still get like a frozen pizza. And it's not great, but it's still a pizza. And it still works. Yeah. I'm, we're like, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of – I think we're all in agreement. We would go for the hamburger. But I like Leslie's justification. I don't point. think I have ever bitten into a burger and like, this is the best burger I've ever had. Yeah. Leslie, I have. Really? Where? Where? Uh, Brew Pub, Glenwood Canyon Brew Pub in Glenwood Springs. Interesting. Insane. What what was that, like, diner place we used to go to in Highlands Ranch? Old Chicago? No, 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 no. no. It was was more... Diner? It was a burger and shake joint. Oh, I know what you're talking... Fat um, Burger. Fat Burger. Fat Burger makes a solid hamburger. But even... It's a solid hamburger. But it's a solid hamburger. Like, it still doesn't leave... But if you... But compare that to, like, the first, when I had a Chicago deep dish pizza from <laughs> uh, from Old Chicago, like, the first time I bit into it, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, of angels. Yeah, it's like, but I can get, like, a Papa John's pizza, and it's like, okay, it's Papa John's, is not great, but... Or the, I, I, like, not sponsor the first time I got a slice of Brooklyn, like, Brooklyn-style, mm. mm-hmm, super thin, super right. floppy... Mm-hmm. Oh, pizza in New York. That was another like, ah, yeah. but that's, and I think that Leslie makes a good point. Like if you even, instead of the best, if you take it at its worst, like you're a terrible hamburger is not nearly as good as a terrible piece of pizza. I can't eat a terrible hamburger. Right. I can eat a terrible I have, piece I have of pizza. left terrible hamburgers on the plate. I have yes. never left a piece of pizza on the plate. Exactly. But you're still like, it's still like bread and tomato sauce and cheese. It's still good. Even if it's not great. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Hundred percent. So, so that yeah. actually leads into another question: thin crust or deep dish? Deep oh, dish, dude. 
Deep dish. I'm just, please. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Deep dish. That being said, did you know that Domino's crunchy thin crust pizza is only like 40 calories a slice? Wow. Wait. How? For the. Because for, it's wait for the crust well, or for the entire piece of pizza? No, for like per slice for the entire pizza. But that you know they cut Ow. them into those little squares rather than doing oh uh, like oh that's cheating. But still, compare I can eat you know th- probably four of those to get a regular large slice. Yeah, that was good. And say. I'm still slice. I'm still up like sixty or seventy calories. And I'm fat, so I'm trying to you know reduce. I the feel calories. like. I feel like that's some sort of math manipulation. I don't know. I don't <laughs> it's know. pizza manipulation is what it exactly. is. Exactly. I say it's pizza manipulation. It's this mental <laughs> manipulation of it's only 40 calories a slice. And you're like, oh, cool, I can have like 10 of them. Well, like, it's okay, like that's 400 calories. Whoops. Back when you were a kid and they would put your cereal up on a commercial and say it's part of a balanced breakfast and you only heard balanced breakfast. But they show Parts. a picture of your cereal with like a glass of milk, orange juice, toast, you know, three oranges. Eggs, you know, bacon, banana. and yeah, exactly. pancakes. You know what I had for breakfast yesterday? A nectarine. Oh, I was going to say cereal, orange, milk, eggs, bacon. <laughs> a nectarine. <laughs> Today I got a breakfast burrito, though, because I've been good. Breakfast. Excellent work. Jelly beans. I have, uh, She's held up another... a bag of jelly beans. Because. <laughs> it's it's What do you expect? That's very, yeah, that's, yeah, it's on brand. Uh, okay, so this one's, eh, this is sort of food related, but more of just society. All right. So just for just for fun, when you go out to eat, think of the best appetizers you can possibly think of. Jalapeno poppers. Solid. This is maybe <laughs> like that plate of wings. I, I, mean, I always think of Texas Roadhouse has the or appetizers or the, even like the chips and salsa. Texas Roadhouse I always think of has like those rolls with like the honey cinnamon butter. Or mm. yeah, mm-hmm. th- those are solid. Uh, was it Outback that has those like the rye rolls? Yeah, yeah. Those are good. Yeah. Those are good. Mm, the the cheddar cheddar biscuits from oh, cheddar bay biscuits and red lobster. lobster. Oh, those things are oh my god. Good. I would I would uh, put myself into a food coma on those alone. I'm pretty <laughs> I sure I had, and then they brought out my plate of crab, and I was like, ooh, this is better. <laughs> and then I kept eating, and everybody else was done, and they all just sat there watching me eat. And they're like, "This is the most entertaining thing we've ever seen because you are so excited to be eating crablets." <laughs> well, and it's funny you say that because I don't—I'm not a big seafood guy, so I've been to Red Lobster and legitimately like, if you just bring me more of these biscuits, I'm fine. Hundred percent. I, I do enjoy these. seafood, and I would still go to Red Lobster for nothing but the biscuits. Right. Okay, so now I'm going to be mean and, and change it on you. So keep all those in mind. So. You could, you have to choose. You can either go to the restaurant and partake in all the appetizers or the complimentary stuff they bring you, but you have to, when it comes to tipping, you have to tip between zero and ten cents, any, anywhere in there. Or you can tip as much as you want or as little as you want, free range, but you are no longer allowed to have the appetizers. They can still be ordered and eaten in front of you, but you cannot partake. This is a weird one. I'm, oh, it is. So, I love appetizers, but I also rarely I, get them. Or I love I appetizers. I don't... <laughs> even when we do get them, I'm... Th- th- this comes down to, do I care about myself and appetizers, or do I care about tipping the wait staff because so that's our capitalist society at. sucks and doesn't pay them a living wage, so of course I'm going to forgo appetizers and properly tip my staff. Aw, that's, right. that's, that's a I, good that's person. Why, 
Well, see, I thought it was an easy one. That's why I was trying to put all the thoughts of the good food in your head. <laughs> yeah. I was trying I to make it a little bit harder. Accommodate good food and not get appetizers. I can make most of my favorite appetizers. Now, There's that, too. There is that. You should try my jalapeno poppers. I've been working on the recipe for 10 years. Do they pop? Oh, my God, do they pop. Are they fried or baked? No, they're fried. And I cut the jalapeno into, like, three-quarter-inch mm. wide discs mm-hmm. so they're poppable. Mm-hmm. Because poppable. the perfect jalapeno popper needs to fit in your mouth in one bite. Yes. This is true. I do like fried pickles. I have the ones never understood fried pickles. <laughs> I didn't, and then I tried. Somebody ordered them, and That's... we were at, like, Old Chicago. I don't remember who we were with, but someone was like, oh, my gosh, we have to get the fried pickles. I was like, fried pickle? Okay. That was we were my never exact got, experience. Tried it, and I was like... Oh, oh no no! These are amazing. That so, was my exact experience for fried pickles. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't think Burger I knew King those existed until my late twenties. The hell? That's fair. It's not really a thing in Colorado. No, it's not. But Bur- dude, Burger King has these jalapeno cheddar bites. It's like uh, nacho cheese type cheese with <laughs> bits of jalapeno sprinkled in, deep fried in. Oh my god, it's glorious. See, that's and actually that should be one of that should be one of our shenanigan questions is what are your ter- what are your admittedly terrible food takes? And mine is I mean, <laughs> that I always catch crap for. It. I hate I do not like nacho cheese. Dude! Oh, it's so gross for me. It tastes so processed. What is wrong awful. with you? Well, remember we tried to eat those 20, 20 burritos? <laughs> taking them into the theater and I, I assumed it was like ground beef and normal cheese and then I took a bite and I was like this is nacho cheese I can maybe do one <laughs> yeah you you left me hanging dude I did but I think you got some of mine so it worked out that's what I mean like I in order to not waste a whole bunch of burritos I ended up eating way too many burritos <sighs> I cannot do nacho cheese <laughs> you I'm sorry I hate you I know what, what's your terrible food take like, I'm not sure what you mean by terrible food take. Like, well, like, like that most that people one. like and I think it's uh, terrible. Yeah, exactly. We're just like mine. Where most people would yell at me for that. Like, if you were to say the the cheddar biscuits were awful. I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> it's not a good thing to start with that. I love food. Like, sure. Someone once told me that I am a great person to go to a new restaurant with but a terrible person to give recommendations. Where's because, the poop K? We're not talking about that right now. <laughs> He's stalling. But that's because I like there are so few things that I legitimately don't like. And the stuff that I legitimately don't like are stuff like Brussels sprouts. Roasted mm. Brussels sprouts with a blue cheese dressing? Doesn't help. <laughs> Amazing. Ashley, Ashley has been has tried multiple different ways to get me to like Brussels sprouts and it continues to not work. Because they're terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Brussels sprouts, that's your food take? I don't know how many people would give you crap for that. And and that's what I'm saying. I can't really think of anything that most people like that I do not. I mean... Potatoes. What's turtles, Brussels? What's turtles, huh? Potatoes. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. I love that's yeah, that's Leslie's. Freaking love potatoes <laughs> in all of these forms. I, French fries, in but they have to form. be like small French fries, not like the big wedges. Steak fries. Yeah, steak fries. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Nope. What about a blender? 
and uh, potato chips. I can do potato chips. I can I do enjoy sweet potato fries much, much more. I but I can't eat just a sweet potato. A sweet potato fry is not a real fry. No, potatoes in general just just don't. See, this is why I'm fat. (laughs) Whatever you say. This is why I am. (laughs) Whatever you say. All right, I have I have one more, which is more of a situational one. Uh, Okay, so you're you're in a department store. You're trying on a new coat. Seeing how you last time I did that, but fair enough. Wait, what? I can't remember the last time I did that, but I'll I'll take your premise. <laughs> I figured it'd be easier. Uh, just trying to coat, seeing how seeing how it feels, see what you think. And while you're doing that, another customer wanders up and takes your coat, which you have put on a rack just to you know hold it, and starts trying it on like they're going to buy it. What do you do? There's a caveat. You can't. Let's in this situation, they like the coat and they go to the register to pay for it. I would 100% you, just do? let this happen because I want to see what happens. <laughs> like, like, it has no tag. Seriously tries to find the tag. Yeah! Like, there's no tag. There, How would they look it up? Like, any of that. I want to see what happens. I would just let this ha- I would let it play out. And then when they all give up out of extreme frustration, I'll be like, oh, there's my coat. <laughs> so, Kay, is you're just watching the world burn? Yes. 100%. Okay. 100%. Okay. Leslie? Don't touch my things. <laughs> so are you like doing a flying tackle at the register? <laughs> I wouldn't even let him get that far. With the little rascals, like give him a hot foot. I wouldn't even let him get that far. You don't touch my things. <laughs> I'm gonna take a very, very Tony Stark approach. Don't touch my stuff. Don't take from my pile. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be just fine. Just don't touch my stuff. I <laughs> I don't know why that reminded me when I first started it. Uh, I used to work at Sears, and when I first started, one of the loss prevention guys called the phone in, in our little kiosk, and they said, look, there's someone suspicious over in, in the men's department. We want you to just you know, make sure they're not doing anything do anything weird or shady or trying to steal anything. I was like, oh, okay. And I, that's from that angle. I couldn't see. I could just see, like, the shape of a person walking, you know, behind racks and stuff. So I was like, oh, okay. They're just like, all right, head over there and just – you know, just keep an eye on him. So I did that. Yeah, it was a nun. <laughs> Super shady. Super so that, shady. That, that's, that's cold. Who, Remember wait, when we used it? to buy... It was a nun. No. It was just a nun. <laughs> Remember when we used to buy Fessy's dad a nun's having fun calendar? <laughs> yes. Uh, I wonder if they still make them. They do. Yes. They do. Excellent. Uh, all right, that, that is all I got. Wait, you didn't answer. What would you do in the coat situation? I think I would. I sort. I go on your side. Thing. I just kind of want to see what happens before. I'm, like, I'm, I'll be honest. I'm a little surprised you said that because having been having as you are a former retail worker, I would think that you would take pity on on these people and not want to uh, cause excess. <laughs> you gotta have some fun in life. <laughs> I, I I want to get to the point where they're like, no, 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 this isn't your coat. I'm buying it. And you say, well, do you sell this coat? <laughs> like, is this something you, you carry? Or I, I want to see if the cashier gets to that point where most cashiers at some point, if you just can't find anything, like, I can put it in for five bucks. You want it? they sell my coat (laughs) and plus the and then the after after the point where let's say they do something like that where if they put it in for like $20 or something and they have paid for it 
for me to walk up after the transaction is complete and be like, oh, there's my coat. Thank you. And just take it and walk away. Uh, yeah, th- that's and you can what say I that do. I'm a bad person. <laughs> Just to see what how you refund for a non-existent coat, but you know, either way, I'm Small a bad credit? person. Probably. Well, I just I don't know. Watch the world burn a little bit. Yeah. And you can yeah. say I'm a bad person. You are a bad person. You are a bad person. I'm not doing that. That uh, does not change the facts that you are a bad person. I dispute this analysis. Mm. <laughs> That's okay. Why do you want those sharp pins for your hair? The needles? Self-defense? Uh-huh. Exactly. Nothing says self-defense like preemptive... Uh, <laughs> preemptive mm-hmm. stabbing. Uh-huh. Speak softly, <laughs> carry a big stick. That's my big stick. Carry, speak softly, carry something pointy. That, that's your motto. It's true. It works. <laughs> well, thank yeah. you for that, John. Uh, I think we've pretty much wrapped up on what we want to talk about on Hong Kong. We have just a few housekeeping-type things, uh, and then we can call it a day. But before we even get to that, we, of course, have to get to the Chamber's Corner. Dun-dun-dun! I'm glad you're so entertained. (laughs) (laughs) Would you... Would you... Just, just humor the audience, dude. Try that in a Batman voice. <clears throat> Give me a second. Yeah. <laughs> I was say, you think you need to scream into a pillow a while to get that super gravelly? I was gonna gravelly. say you have to I'm get, Batman. you know, <clears throat> just think dark, Batman. scary things, dead parents, you know. I'm Batman. Like um, I gotta give me a second to get in character. Sure, sure. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Are you British? <laughs> <laughs> now you're a pigeon. And now you're a British pigeon. <laughs> Ooh, can I do my pigeon in a British accent? Give it a go. I can't do a British accent anyway, but... Here, here's wow. my impression of a British pigeon. Goodbye, Governor. How far are we fallen? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to the... The Chamber's Corner. Yes. As we mentioned frequently, the Hunting You podcast is the official podcast of the Chamber of Haunters, and so we'd like to just take a moment once a month to give them an opportunity to pass information off to all of our listeners about what the Chamber is up to. So let us let us see what Mr. Rob Knowlton has for us this month. Here at the Chamber of Haunters, we believe in being there for our members in the good times as well as the bad times. That is what a haunt family is all about. Let us be your haunt family and help you on your way to success. We feel it is important to take care of each other and help our members be the very best they can and reach even greater heights. We hope you will consider joining the Chamber of Haunters and become a member of the Haunted Attraction Industries Official Chamber. Come help us grow as we help you grow. And of course, if you use the code HAUNTINGYOU when you register, you'll receive $15 discount off of your membership. So, highly recommend you check out the Chamber of Haunters if you are not already a member. We had Mr. Rob Knowlton on a few episodes ago. It was like three or four. Yeah, like three that. or four episodes ago. Go check it out if you're curious about what they do. They are an awesome organization for helping haunters get up off the ground, as well as uh, helping haunters get through tough times. Episode 34. It, thank you, John. And episode 34 is where we did our interview with Rob Knowlton. So go check it out. Uh, if it sounds like something that's interesting to you, uh, you can ch- find them at thechamberofhaunters.com. And, of course, use the code HAUNTINGYOU when you sign up, and you will get $15 off of your membership. Huzzah! Huzzah! Indeed. So a couple of 
uh, just some housekeeping items. You can mm-hmm. find the Haunting You podcast, of course, on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash haunting you, or our Twitter feed at Haunting Universe 1, or our Instagram page at Haunting University. Follow along on any or all of those places, and you will see what we are up to and see our builds and fun articles and fun videos and all of those cool things as we continue on through our daily lives and uh, start building out our haunt. So come follow us. Also, please go to check out our <laughs> website at uh, hauntingyou.com. That is where you will find uh, all of the resources that we are consistently talking about, as well as our uh, the other episodes of Haunting You itself. Uh, but what I think is most exciting is the events page that shows all of the conventions and things that are coming up. And we are super excited to announce that Haunting You is going to have a booth on the virtual floor at Fear Expo, March 19th to the 21st. Come out and see us virtually, of course. On uh, So Fear Expo is doing this really cool thing where if you picture like Google Street View, how you can walk around... A neighborhood on Google Street View. They're doing the same thing for the show floor at Fear Expo. So you'll be able to visit cool. the vendors, including us, uh, click on their booth, see what they have available. There's going to be, of course, all kinds of discounts on people's or uh, on different vendors' products. It's a great opportunity to get stuff a little bit cheaper than it will be as we get closer to the season. But we'll be there. We will. Uh, I'm trying to find a way to see if we can like get people to record clips that we can then play on air. Oh, that'd be cool. I think it'd be a lot mm. of fun. I like that. Uh, I'm, they're in the process of building our booth now, so I don't yet have access to it and can't like start playing around. But we're going to try to do that. Uh, so if you come, we'll find some way to take a recording so we can get you on air. Can we can we sell our Redbubble stuff at a discount? Absolutely. We will be selling all of our swag there. Uh, some things will be highlighted. If you want other things, you can definitely find it on our Redbubble site. We will not be carrying the leggings. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I'm not really sorry. Maybe we will care. Actually, now that I think about it, maybe we should. I was going to say, if leggings. you can prove you bought say... the leggings, you can come on the show. <laughs> we are standing by that. If you buy the leggings, we will. you are welcome to uh, come on the show and, and hang out with us for an hour. It'll probably just be mostly us asking why. <laughs> <laughs> there will be some but of that. You can come on. Yes, but on that note, uh, if you want to help support our podcast, you know, it what we we offer everything that we do for free but it does cost us money to uh to host the podcast and uh, host the website and all of that so if you appreciate what we are doing uh, we would appreciate your support if you are if you're a home haunter check out our uh, become a partner page for 12 dollars a year we will put your logo on our website with a link to your social media or your webpage or whatever (laughs) it's a great way to showcase what you are doing to other haunters so we can Continue sharing ideas and uh, hopefully drive some traffic to your site as well. Literally a dollar per month. A dollar a month. You cannot get free publicity or you cannot get this kind of publicity for a dollar a month anywhere. Going back to our previous conversation, that's the extent of my math. Excellent. (laughs) Well done, Julia. Well done. (laughs) Speaking of some. I know, me too. Speaking of supporting the podcast, if you want, go on. If you do like the show and you just want to keep getting it, go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever yes, you get your podcast. Absolutely. Also, if you can, if you do like the show, or if you want to give us some um, constructive criticism, throw a throw a review on there. Throw some stars on there. Give Preferably us a five. Tell us what you think. Preferably five, but you know we'll we have our off, we have our off days. You, know? you can you can be honest with us. I I promise we will not hold it against you. Uh, but if you leave a review that makes us laugh or or something like that, <laughs> yes. you could yes. win free hunting you swag. We'll send you something. This is true. 
But yeah, it definitely helps helps out to get those uh, ratings and reviews. So if you like the show, help us out. Absolutely. Uh, I think that about sums it up. Guys, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Talk about like some tacos. Mmm, tacos. Right? Yeah, we had tacos Actually, just a couple days ago. Yeah. Mm. I think we're making lentils for lunch. Mm-hmm. Ew. Mmm, tasty. <laughs> Alright, so we'll add that to Kay's list of foods. What? If I'm not eating starbursts and jelly beans, I'm eating healthy foods. Well, at least it balances out, I think. No, not no. the slightest. <laughs> but I can do Fair enough. Well, from all of us here at Haunting You, stay safe and happy haunting. Haunting You is a production of the Rocky Mountain Home Haunters, LLC. All audio clips and sound effects are used under a Creative Commons attribution or public domain license from Purple Planet Music at www.purple-planet.com or the Sound Bible at soundbible.com. Please see our Facebook page for more information on all the clips used in this episode. Haunting University can be reached via Facebook at www.facebook.com slash haunting you with the letter U or on Twitter using the handle at haunting univer one that's haunting u-n-i-v-e-r one be sure to check out our new page on Podbean at www.hauntingyou.podbean.com Like, if you leave it unattended, she'll jump up on whatever furniture is available and try to lick it.